Welcome to the new and improved life beat, now with microphone working properly, thanks to Windows computer settings. I'm your very technically advanced host, Chris Gast, Right to Life Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining us today is our education events and... Uh, sarcasm? <laughs> sar coordinator. Sarcasm coordinator, Emily Krall. Emily, so good you're here. I'm so excited. Uh, okay, there we go. <laughs> um... So yeah, we've we've uh, we've beat back some technical gremlins residing in Windows, automatically deciding our microphone shouldn't be loud enough. So, the rich mellifluous sound of our voice should be so much better moving forward, right? In theory. In theory. Until next week. Until the next Windows Air. Okay. So a uh, lot of news in the last couple weeks. Not so much this week, but still plenty of things to talk about. We're going to talk about. Uh, well, next uh, podcast, we're going to tease what we got going there in terms of legal stuff in Michigan. We'll start with that. Um, we're going to talk about the FDA, again, doing bad things. Uh, we're going to talk about New York doing bad things, Tennessee being allowed to do good things. Uh, but first, uh, we'll talk about Michigan doing good things. So, Emily, yesterday, Thursday, we introduced legislation in Michigan that would ban targeted abortions. And uh, what's a targeted abortion? That is an abortion that is targeted at a specific class of human beings. So in Michigan, there's now legislation introduced in the Michigan House that would make it a felony for a person to perform an abortion knowingly because, the child, uh, because of the child's sex, race, or disability status. So, Emily, a couple just broad, important points to start. You know, uh, a lot of states are doing this. Uh, Florida was working on one. Arizona, they just signed one into law. Um, in terms of the pro-life movement legislatively, this is kind of very quietly becoming the hot topic. And why, Emily, is it so quiet, I wonder? Being <laughs> sneaky or the media doesn't want people to know that People like to kill babies with disabilities. I don't think we're being sneaky. I thinking they're they don't have a really good way to respond yet, uh, and so that's probably why they're not reporting on it. And how do you morally respond to that? No, no, no. We want to eliminate people with disabilities. You know, as I explained to someone on our staff, you know about oh what you know what might they criticize is like oh well telling people that they might have to take care of their disabled children is the main way to criticize it. And when you put it that way, it sounds bad. Now, of course, we don't want to minimize the fact that uh, you know taking care of a, a child or, or anyone with a disability is difficult and comes with challenges and whatnot. Uh, but it's always a question of, is our convenience and our goals in life worth completely overriding the life of another human being? And the answer to that question should always be absolutely not. Um, so Michigan's not alone in pursuing this. Uh, different states have different things going. I'm going to say that Michigan's is probably going to be the best. Uh, some states are going to put in, uh, you know, some sort of exceptions. Michigan, we don't do exceptions. The only exception we ever have for any legislation 
is for the life of the mother. Uh, we don't do any other exceptions. And some states, like for example, Ohio, which is a key, which we'll get to in a second, uh, ban just Down syndrome abortions. And so, um, not a bad thing, Emily, not a bad thing, but we don't feel comfortable in Michigan. We're a no exception state. We don't want to introduce a bill specifically for one disability that leaves children with other disabilities um, unprotected. And so our bill covers all of that plus uh, racial and sex discrimination in abortion. Uh, Ohio is a key because, you know, we don't want to criticize Ohio too bad, uh, as tempting as it might be, it being Ohio, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, what they did is they got their bill to be enforced which is outstanding, which is an outstanding victory. We mentioned uh, two weeks ago in the podcast. So the Sixth Circuit Court covers Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee. That's our circuit. And they said uh, there's a, currently there's a federal court hearing uh, Ohio's Down syndrome abortion ban. Ohio appealed to the Sixth Circuit and said, uh, please don't stop us from enforcing this while this is being challenged in court. The Sixth Circuit initially said no because it drew a bad, uh, a bad bunch of pro-abortion judges and the three judges uh, they drew of the total circuit. Uh, but so then they came back. Ohio said, hey, entire Sixth Circuit, please, you know, hear this again. The entire Sixth Circuit did, and they ruled thanks to six judges appointed by President Trump that, yes, Ohio, you can enforce your Down syndrome ban. There shouldn't be an injunction blocking it because the people issuing the injunction are unlikely to succeed in court. So big for Ohio because they can enforce it, big for the entire United States of America because the neighboring Fifth Circuit Court to the west of us struck down Indiana's Down syndrome abortion ban. In Ohio, they upheld it. Now that we have the circuit court split, that is one of those rare things that definitely makes the Supreme Court more likely to take up a case. So they're kind of paving the way. So that means in Michigan, essentially, if we can get this ban passed tomorrow, it's not going to happen tomorrow. That's Saturday. The legislature's not in session. Uh, if Monday. We, Monday. They might not. I think they might not even be in session Monday. Session days are like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Come on. They got to go back to their district to get yelled at. That's true. <laughs> um, Tuesday, no. Uh, so... As soon as we could pass this, assuming we get the governor on board, not likely, but we're going to give her an Miracles opportunity. Miracles have already happened this year. That's right. We're going to give her an opportunity to do the right thing, uh, but we can enforce it, which is good because that means lives will be directly saved now. We don't have to wait for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade for that case. Um, so as far as that, the federal court is still has to have a hearing on it. They might reject it and then so Ohio might have to bring it back to the Sixth Circuit uh, and then hopefully it gets to the Supreme Court. So there's a lot of steps still there. But as of today, Ohio can make it illegal, a crime, to perform abortion on a child specifically if the abortionist knows the child uh, has Down syndrome and that's the reason for the abortion. Which generally it would be um, because it would be generally a late-term abortion because that's when that diagnosis is made. So, Emily, we're going to uh, we're going to keep following it. 
We're going to keep you apprised of the situation. So far, it's just been introduced in the House, not the Senate yet. Uh, sometimes, you know, you have two bills on two separate tracks and they go through. Uh, sometimes it just goes from one house to the other. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the sponsors, the lead sponsors of these, there's two bills because there's always, you know, a, a sentencing bill that gets added to the actual uh, ban. Uh, the lead sponsor of the ban is State Rep. Julie Calley and then uh, new-ish State Rep. Andrew Fink from Hillsdale is the uh, sponsor of the sentencing one. So uh, it's got to go through the Health Policy Committee first. Uh, we'll keep you updated on all the steps. Uh, I thought it'd be good just for uh, a moment to talk about, you know, because the focus is on Down syndrome and that's for an important reason. You know, probably, especially that, you know, the Gallup did a poll in 2018. And they actually asked the question, do you think it should be legal to abort a child just because they have Down syndrome? And uh, only, there's only what, like, there's about 25% of people said yes in the third trimester, uh, trimester and only 49%, so a minority, thought it should be legal to take the life of a child diagnosed with Down syndrome in the first trimester. So that's 51% of Americans, a majority, thinks it should be illegal to take the life of a child with Down syndrome in the first trimester. Simply because they have Down syndrome. Right. And that was surprising to me because, you know, honestly, for the pro-life argument, disabilities is hard because sadly, people have a calloused attitude towards the disabled or they have such a focus on all oh, these parents, what are they going to do, how are they going to take care of the child, that to them, it gives them an excuse to ignore the humanity of the child. But can we take the life of a disabled person? Nope. No. Is a disabled person less worthy than an abled person? Again, that's a no. Is any person perfectly abled? Any, wait, 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 hold on. Is any that's person... Do any of us not have some physical limitation? Oh, we all do in some ways. Every, every single one of us. Yeah. Usain Bolt. He might not be able to He's swim. He's disabled in some way. He might not be able to swim. Might be able to swim? Who knows? He probably, I don't know, can he Can he play a piano? Maybe his fingers. He might hit his head on doorways enough. frequently. Yeah, he's probably got brain damage from being so tall <laughs> and so fast. He can't stop himself. You know, he gets, he gets short of breath. Running in the house. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's how we have to have a perspective about it is disabled children outside of the womb have as much value as disabled or as non-disabled children, non quote unquote non-disabled children. And so it, in the womb, it should be the same. And inside and outside of the womb, it should be the same. Human being is a human being. It's that simple. So Emily, I can foresee uh, abortion supporters are uh, they're going to object. They're going to probably object to the uh, the race portion saying, well, that doesn't happen. But it does. Oh, contraire. We have heard stories where there's, say, an interracial relationship. And, uh, you know, the parents of the mother are not happy with the fact that this is an interracial relationship and they pressure the mother to get an abortion. Uh, we have heard real stories. That's a real thing. Um, so we want to ban that. We know sex selection abortions happen. We know that uh, perhaps hundreds of millions of them have happened. 
one estimate that we use from a lady, an author called uh, Mara Hvistendahl, who is no friend of the pro-life movement. She supports abortion. Uh, but she has pointed out that, uh, particularly in India and China, which is where, gosh, about half the population of the world lives right now, uh, sex selection abortions, sex selection abortions, as I enunciate, are incredibly common. And so we have as many as 140 million missing women that should have been born, that should have been a part of society, Emily, but are gone because of this thing, abortion, that is held out as uh, the great protector of women, the greatest protector of women's rights. Only so, some women. Right. Now, some people might say, well, that doesn't happen in America. That's just a Chinese problem or an Indian problem. False. False. That happens. Not just for, uh, I mean, that can happen in the context of people uh, naturally conceiving and then they don't want a child. There's been research showing that uh, specifically looking at, say, immigrants from India and China, uh, do they take those cultural values over here to America? And the answer is yes, they do, according to statistics. But also in terms of IVF, you know, the idea that people can select whatever they want for a child, designer babies, which we're getting perilously close to, um, if it's not the exact, they want a daughter and it's a son, or they want a son and it's a daughter, um, they can do that. Or if they have uh, two or three children, and they, uh, they want to have a selective reduction, what it's called, where they're aborting uh, one or two of those uh, triplets or multiples, uh, and they're picking that based on sex. That's wrong. Yeah. You shouldn't take the life of a child because it's not the boy or the girl that you wanted. Yeah. There's one, one example of this that's pretty recent is it was, it was circling around on, on social media, I believe it was last month, but it was a young woman who posted, uh, she was going in for her ultrasound and she said, today I figure out if I'm having a girl or an abortion. Um, so it goes both ways. There's, there's missing women and missing men. And um, if you are targeting someone based on their ability or their race or their gender, there's problems, um, and discrimination against children in the womb happens every single day, and we want it to stop. That's right. And so uh, follow us, and we will make sure to keep you updated. We will let you know when it's time for you specifically contact your legislators and encourage them or thank them if they are sponsoring it or voted for it or whatnot. So always just stay tuned and you can get all the information on our website rtl.org we have information up there right now about our targeted abortion ban so you can get more details so uh good for good for ohio giving us the giving an assist for everybody here uh tennessee kentucky and us uh let's talk about tennessee real quick uh and also the sixth circuit on a roll uh, Tennessee has a 48-hour waiting period for abortions that has been held up in court ridiculously because Tennessee has had a 48-hour waiting period for abortions for years. Not just decades. Decades. Uh, Tennessee went through a bad period where they had a pro-abortion Supreme Court that decided to invent a right to abortion in the Tennessee Constitution. Tennessee, uh, great friends of ours, 
they passed a constitutional amendment a few years ago that said specifically that there is no right to an abortion in the Tennessee Constitution. That was a public vote. They won. You know, there was speculation they weren't going to win. You know, they were down in the polls, which were every time pro-lifers go to the ballot box, that's always the case, even when we win huge victories, um, like we did when we defeated assisted suicide in 98 here in Michigan. So uh, Tennessee passed that constitutional amendment. They started enforcing their 48-hour waiting period again. Shouldn't be controversial, Emily. The United States Supreme Court in 1992 in Hodgson versus Minnesota said a 48-hour waiting period is fine. Totally constitutional. However, uh, Planned Parenthood found a judge to uh, block that temporarily. So the Sixth Circuit Court came along on appeal and said, hey, you can't block that. This is obviously constitutional. So thank you, Sixth Circuit Court. Thank you, President Trump, for those pro-life judges. Thank you, Tennessee, for not just surrendering when uh, their own state Supreme Court went bad, but pursuing through to victory. Um, so Ohio, good. Michigan, good. Tennessee, Tennessee good. Tennessee, good. New York, bad. Very, very bad. Very bad. Um, two things to talk about with New York. Uh, first, New York made the news about, in sort of the context of this issue, because the census came out. Uh, Michigan's losing a, a, congre a congressional seat. New York is losing a congressional seat. And in fact, New York was only 89 residents away from keeping that congressional seat and their influence in Congress, Emily. Well, Emily, every day, just in New York City, 150 children are killed. Yep. So you add that up over the last 10 years, and um, you know if New York's abortion rate was as low as Michigan's or other states... They'd still have their seat. They'd still have their seat. They could maybe even gain a seat. If they paused abortion for a day, they would still they have, would have their seat. Yeah, they would have their seat in Congress. And so people crying about the New York losing influence, you know, maybe stop lighting up your most iconic building uh, in pink when you pass radical abortion bills. You know, uh, if, if it's amazing to me the cognitive dissonance of people who on one issue, lament the lack of people, and then on the other hand, think it's good to get rid of more people. I'm gonna cry over my missing congressional seat as I drive my grandchild down to Planned Parenthood. It doesn't, yeah. it just, it, the doesn't compute. It doesn't compute, it doesn't. It doesn't compute. Um, <sighs> so New York bad for that reason. Uh, New York good, we'll call it good, but not for a good reason. Um, so New York, in their most recent recent budget, which Governor Andrew Cuomo signed off on, uh, I, I almost said Mario, but I said Andrew, <laughs> um, they got rid of their state's funding for human embryonic stem cell research. Now, they didn't do that because they were convinced of the ethics that experimenting with human embryos, uh, which we'll get to in a second, Emily, experimenting with life in the womb and killing it for research is uh, wrong. They didn't reach this decision because of that. They reached this decision because, you know, A, they're always in a budget crunch, and B, the payoff for their human embryonic stem cell research program was, how Zero. do they say in New York? Nada. Zero. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. 
decades of research and experimentation and not a single thing has been cured. All those taxpayer dollars. All those promises, Emily. Empty, empty promises. Christopher Reeve was going to get out of his chair and walk again, they said. Mm -hmm. And if you vote for George W. Bush, that's not going to then, in 2004, then Christopher Reeve is going to stay in his wheelchair forever. Um, not, not to dunk on Christopher Reeve, God rest his soul, but he never got out of that chair because embryonic stem cell research was never really, and this is the thing, Emily, it was never really that viable of a project. Nope. Always adult stem cells showed more promise and always the problem with embryonic stem cell research is immune system rejection and to be able to overcome that you would have had to clone human beings you would have had to uh, do massive egg collection um, it was just always impractical always impractical and yet I think Emily they jumped in on the issue so much because it gave them a do-gooder excuse to kill to take human life. Oh, see, abortion is fine. It is okay taking human life because, see, we're benefiting from it. Um, and you should, and you opposing it makes you a bad person because you want these sick people to stay sick. You want them to die. You want Christopher Reeves to be paralyzed for life. You know, they got on their pedestals and screamed and yelled and called us all the names in the book. But the bottom line is we were right. We knew we were right. We were always right. We were ethically right and scientifically right. They were always wrong. New York, thank you for finally, you know, putting your money. You know, I say put your money where your mouth is. I don't, we don't want them to do that. We don't want nope. you to waste taxpayer dollars on this, but that's what they decided to do. Now we know today, well, they know. We knew, but today they know nothing worthless, waste of time sold their soul, not even for 30 pieces of silver. They had to pay 30 pieces of silver to sell their soul, and they didn't get anything More 30 million of them. Yeah, 30 million, yeah. More than that, probably. Inflation. Oh, yeah. Since, yes. you know, like 32 AD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, New York learned their lesson but financially. Still but still bad. Still bad. Uh, but, Emily, the FDA... They have not learned their lesson. And people haven't learned about this. Why don't you talk about it? All right. She wrote an article. All right. Well, um, so we have known since about 2015 when the Center for Medical Progress broke the fetal trafficking story um, with advanced bioscience resources and Planned Parenthood and how they were basically trafficking in the organs and pieces of aborted babies. Uh, what we learned through the Judicial Watch FOIA requests from the federal government um, is that the FDA was participating in, in the trafficking in the program. They were buying um, livers and thymuses from babies aborted between 16 and 24 weeks. And remember, 24 weeks is a viable baby that can live outside the womb if it's given proper care. Um, so they were using those and implanting them into mice to make humanized mice to test drugs and medication on. But the real kicker to this is that our taxpayer dollars were paying for it. So our tax money that we give to the federal government was paying for the livers and thymuses of aborted babies. We were paying the abortion industry to kill people without our knowledge or consent. 
So thank you, FDA. You are the worst. And, and other parts too. They were like, yes. oh, we have a down, ba we have a down brain. Mm -hmm. We have a brain of a Down syndrome baby. Yeah, and you have to realize federal grants have gone to different universities that also do experimentation. Um, the Stanford University is getting a lot of heat right now because they weren't disclosing the federal grants they got. Um, but they were using fingers and implanting the fingers of aborted babies onto the joints of mice to see if they can re regenerate tissue growth and joints. The University of Pittsburgh was taking the scalps of aborted babies and grafting them onto the backs of mice to test skin care products, um, hearts and kidneys and, and every manner of horror you can think of is the fate that has happened to late-term mm. aborted babies. Um, and now we know um, that we paid for it. So. Um, if, if you know someone out there who's sitting on the fence and, and says, well, abortion, I'm not okay with it. it. I would never get an abortion. I'm not going to participate in abortion, but it's okay for other people. I'm not going to make that decision. Unfortunately, our government ripped the fence away because now we are all being forced to be unwilling participants. The fence is gone. You have no middle ground. Because no matter what we do, unless we do everything we can to put a stop to abortion, we're going to be participating in it whether we want to or not. Have you ever seen the Disney movie Pete's Dragon? Yes. Like the old one? I think so. Okay. Do you remember when Doc Terminus? Nope, nope. No. See? No. There's the, you lost the, me. The quack, the quack doctor hears about Pete's Dragon and wants to... Uh, purchase Pete's Dragon oh, so great. he can chop him up in all his parts and they have a song in it where um, talk about all the different dragon body parts that will help him come up with these cures so that he can sell and the refrain is money 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 by the pound um, and I hear that song and I think oh that's Planned Parenthood that is it is Planned Parenthood you know and and that's how all this research is sold um, now we will admit it is hard to understand how the science of conception in, in early growth in humans works because we can't really, we don't have a window in the womb that's very difficult to do that research. That doesn't justify killing human beings to do that research, but it is very hard. Um, but they sell this research and oh, we're curing all these things, we're testing all these things. You wouldn't have all these treatments and stuff if it wasn't for this. Yeah, we would. Um, we just would have done it differently. Yeah, there, there's always another. There's always another way. You know, if if we are so smart that we can cure all these diseases and come up with all these things, then we're smart enough to come up with a way to do it without chopping up a baby and parting them out like some sort at some sort of chop shop. Like you know, three hundred bucks for that part, three hundred bucks for this part, a thousand bucks for the intact brain. Well. Let's see, from the, the knowledge we have from the FOIA request, it was about the FDA was paying $2,000 per liver, per liver. So it's tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Right, for just a single facility. Yeah. And they and, and the emails, you could the staff, how they were talking about it, beautiful specimens. Yeah. And, oh, the, the beautiful specimen was spoiled in the mail. Because they had to x-ray it. You need to package it better. Um, oh, this abortion clinic staff, just they just what, tear up the child. They're not really good. They need to be better at preserving their body parts. It's, it's sick. 
Mm-hmm. It's sick. Um, and it, it should end. And unfortunately now, uh, you know, the Biden administration, the Trump administration did something to restrict this, require an ethical board to review these sort of uh, projects. And Biden, of course, did away with that. And so now it's open season with your tax dollars on baby body parts. Um, and it is, it's human organ trafficking. And it's terrible. Um, well, Emily, uh, I think that's pretty much all the time we have. Uh, just to tease our next episode really quickly, next week we're going to do our monthly feature, and we're going to talk about uh, our old law in Michigan banning abortion, how that fits in with um, the Roe versus Wade, which is looking every day, looking more and more precarious, how that fits in with our new targeted abortion ban. We got a couple questions today because uh, another state passed a heartbeat ban. And why is Michigan doing that? So next week we're gonna have a feature and talk about all that. Have a great weekend, and we will catch you next Friday.